You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Welcome to episode 101. As a kid, I was a Sunday comics reader. Were you? I used to pull out those pages as soon as the paper arrived. I can't tell you the names of most of them anymore, but I enjoyed that weekly dose of humor, satire, and wisdom. To this day, I'm still hit with the sheer intelligence and cleverness of a really good cartoonist or comedian. So do me a favor, close your eyes and picture with me, if you can, a cartoon strip. It begins with a scene of a street from the perspective of a porch over a pair of dog ears. She's likely sitting on the steps, and as a car goes by, she leaps off the porch, giving chase little puffs of dust in her wake. But as soon as her paws hit the pavement and she starts gaining speed, her mind starts playing various scenes of what could actually happen when she catches the car. Little thought bubbles start popping up, like, latching onto the bumper and flying along at 60 miles an hour with no safe way to let go, or sinking her teeth into that back tire and whirling over and over, thump, thump, thump. Or worse, the screeching of tires as brakes are jammed and she becomes one with the door of the trunk. Never does the image of grabbing the back of the car, digging her paws into the pavement, and dragging it to a submissive stop ever enter her thoughts. This, my friend, is what self-sabotage looks like. This is where it begins. What happens next? Well, I feel like I've had all three of those scenarios happen to me in my life, and sometimes I handled it okay, and sometimes I didn't. The most likely thing, however, and I see this over and over as I listen to women talk about the things they want to achieve, is that they never quite make it out to the street or start chasing that dream. It just kind of peters out. The hardest and most tragic of realities is when the dog completely backs off. You know, she pretends she wasn't interested in that particular car anyway, or that one was just way too fast. And there's also the, uh, you know, I was actually set up to fail and I decided to eject before I got hurt. And the one we all say, (laughs) Oh my gosh, did you see how big that car was up close? Now, if anyone can speak to this topic, it's me. Just putting together this episode brought on spell after spell of procrastination and self-sabotage. Why? Well, I have a few theories, so that's what I'd like to share with you today. Many people will tell you that it's all about the fear of success. I think it's just a little more nuanced than that. I think it's all fear, yes, but of what, really? Why are we, quote, afraid to succeed, and how can we learn to short-circuit those terrible little cycles inside our heads that keep us from achieving what we are both capable of and created for? So what I'd like to do is share just a few of my bigger accomplishments, where self-sabotage showed up along the way, and how I eventually got past them. These examples will then give us a framework with which to work. Are you ready? My first one is very evident. You've all seen this, and it's weight loss. It's extremely easy to relate to with tangible progress and results. 
You know, I was told as far back as I can remember things like, you're so pretty, Andrea, why don't you just lose a little weight? Or you have so much potential, but you need to lose some weight. Your weight is the only thing holding you back, girl. Y'all, internalizing those messages did a real doozy on my brain. I started dieting in third grade, formally exercising in fifth grade, and by my sophomore year in college, I was in full-blown bulimia and depression. So I entered a 12-week inpatient program. I've shared this before. That's where I found my first tools that would help me truly take full control and uncover my own personal agency, eventually. But of course, I still had zero skills to deal with what it might be like to be so pretty and lose weight. (laughs) Both and, right? Talk about messing with your head. This was a fear of being seen or known. Eventually, after gaining a good bit of control over my weight, getting married, and falling back on my old comfort methods, i.e. eating, when things got hard as a young pastor's wife, I gained it all back and more until my mother's breast cancer diagnosis got my attention. I knew that the only way to end the self-sabotage cycle for me was to completely and totally disrupt it. I needed to do something drastic. I decided to change the mechanics of my own ability to consume food, which then forced me to deal with everything else. And I had gastric bypass surgery. The next example I have is getting a new job. We've all been there, right? This is true of every job I've ever had, including being an entrepreneur. I applied, I interviewed, like a champ, mind you, because I'm a performer. And I've even been told that they were so impressed with my interview, but they already had an internal candidate and I was their second insurance interview. So they were creating a job especially for me. No pressure there. But there are two that really stand out for me in this catching the car category. First was when I moved from Johns Hopkins to UVA as a grant administrator, and when I left UVA to be an entrepreneur. This is the fear of failing or being discovered as a fraud, and it was so intense in both instances that I completely froze. I became timid, didn't stand up for myself, and practically took on a whole different personality. One was like catching that bumper going 60 miles an hour, and the other was catching the tire and whirling over and over, thump, 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 on the pavement. And the only way to break through the self-sabotage cycle for this one was just to put one foot in front of the other. That first UVA job took me about eight months to fully get back into myself, and it took me nearly a year to do that as an entrepreneur. And recently, I've had two more great examples of how self-sabotage can show up in multiple areas all at one time. Last week, we hit the milestone of 100 podcast episodes published for this podcast. Now, this is a big deal in the industry, and if you follow me on social media, you may have seen the post I put out last week with just a sampling of the amount of time and effort that is behind this kind of milestone, including the work done by my producer and all the guests. So not following through really wasn't an option. This episode, however, is number 101. Guess who's responsible for all the solos? You guessed it, it's all me. The time it's taken me to get this one single episode recorded is unbelievable. Additionally, the amount of comfort food consumed throughout the process, ugh. But what I needed to see was that the fear of rejection or not meeting expectations is so strong sometimes that it can paralyze you unless you have other people or a team working with you to make things happen. 
Sometimes the best way to break the self-sabotage cycle is to remember who else is invested and decide to make it about them instead of about me. And finally, this last one might sound simple, but trust me, it's not. It's something that trips up a crazy number of entrepreneurs, and it's paying myself. You heard that, right? I didn't want to pay myself out of my business, even though I had cash sitting in the account specifically designated as owner's compensation. This, my friend, is the fear of scarcity, not having enough money to pay my bills. And it was overwhelming, no matter how irrational. I think the thing that irked me the most about this one was that I had already decided, you know how I set goals, I decide and then I do, right? Well, I had decided that I would not fall into this trap like other entrepreneurs. I would set things up so that I could celebrate every time I paid myself on the regular, mind you. And the only way to end this self-sabotage cycle was to call in my accountability sisters. I have a small group of women that I just tell things to sometimes in order to ensure that I follow through on my own promises to myself. Yes, it still took me saying I was going to do it for three whole months before I actually did. And seeing that bank account drop gave me heart palpitations. But here I am, I survived, and I wrote myself a contract for how much I'd pay myself each month and set up reminders to do it. Now, before I wrap things up, I think it's really important to look at just a few more things based on that original dog chasing, then catching the car example. Chasing the car or the dream or the job or any other goal isn't futile. A dog chasing a car down the street is a little silly. But the reason I talk about the dog catching the car is because when you really do chase a dream or a goal, the chances of you achieving it are real. So you need to be prepared for what is going to happen in your head, your heart, and even your community before you actually catch said car. And you get to choose your own expectations and determine that make and model of the car that you chase. No one else is going to give you a dream. No one else is going to tell you which dream to chase or what goal you should have. A good mentor might help you determine a career path or educational needs for advancement, but no one but you can determine what your goals should actually be. So if you hear yourself wanting to point fingers, just remember that excuse of being set up to fail. You choose. You pursue. If you realize you don't truly want that car, just own it and eject. Otherwise, look inside and determine whether or not you're trying to pin it on someone else. So if you find yourself sputtering out on a goal or a dream, ask yourself, what fear is really showing up for you? The only one who knows that answer is you. And it isn't because you aren't ambitious, my friend. Deep down, we all know there's something more. And we all want it. We want to make a difference. We want to succeed. People are going to tell you that they, or you, have a fear of success, but I don't think that's even a thing. The fear, like the four I identified in my own life, is something else underneath. But rather than dealing with it, we just blame the easy scapegoat, success, and everyone nods right along, because we all want to blame somebody else. For instance, I was on a strategy call with another coach who was totally stuck in her business growth. She couldn't figure out how to motivate herself to generate the client contracts and revenue she knew she could. Keep in mind, I am not a sales or business strategist. But she was seriously thinking about throwing in the towel and going to work for someone else. Finally, she said, you know, I just don't see any other explanation 
other than I'm just afraid of success. Whoa, wait a minute, I said. What does success actually look like to you? Get this. She had this definition of success based on her family background that indicated that every single time someone succeeded, they became a royal jerk. They only cared about the bottom line, the money, the viability of their business, and they quit caring about their employees, team, or even their family. Well, I wouldn't want that either. So I asked her, well, what if you aren't actually afraid of success, but of just becoming a jerk? After a few seconds of stunned silence, this huge grin broke out across her face and she said, oh my goodness, that's it. I don't want to be like them. Well, that's easy. Don't, right? These fears that I know trigger self-sabotage for me are just a few of mine. My hope here is that you will hear them and the fear of my coach friend and begin to look at your own fears. Where are you stumbling or stuttering in your business, career growth, weight loss, education, relationships? And ask yourself what you're really afraid of. So just to recap mine so that you can have them all in one place, a few of the fears that show up when I start to get successful are, one, the fear of being seen or known. This showed up in my weight loss story. There are areas in your life that it's just easier to keep others at bay using some kind of barrier, like weight or anger management. Number two, fear of failure or being discovered as a fraud. This one's big. This showed up in my new job and career advancement story. Look, if you're getting promoted or you've got a new job, they don't expect you to know everything. You're going to have to have a learning curve. Everybody does. Remember, though, that they did not hire you in order to cause you to fail. They want you to succeed. It's not just in your best interest. It's in their best interest. Number three, a fear of rejection or not meeting expectations. This was in my podcast story. Or, for that matter, any other public-facing kind of endeavor like speaking or social media. You have to decide if you want to chase whatever dream it is and expect some of these things to show up. Staying true to what you really are good at and what you want to do will definitely help mitigate this one. And four, fear of scarcity. This shows up in way more areas than just paying myself. If you're an entrepreneur and you haven't paid yourself though, I feel your pain. Here's a thought for you. No one ever got rich or succeeded or was successful at anything through hoarding, not even Scrooge. So what fears are triggering you to stop chasing your car? What fears are keeping you on the porch? When you begin to identify them, you'll be able to use some of the solutions I offered in my stories. I think these are kind of plug and play type solutions. You'll know what kind you need to break that cycle in your head and heart so that you can catch that car that you're chasing. Here are the four that I offered. Number one, disrupt the cycle. Do something drastic. Get a hard reset, and for me, it was gastric bypass. I needed to disable my ability to eat certain foods in order to make myself deal with the thoughts and emotions that I was having rather than eat the foods. Number two, just put one foot in front of the other and push through the fear. You know, I'm a classic Christmas movie watcher, and when I say that phrase, I see the abominable snowman walking across the room at the end of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. This is how you learn to walk as a baby. This is how we get from one spot in the room to another in order to shake hands with that one person we know could make a difference in our network. 
This is how you show up to a new big girl job and learn what you need to do so that you can make a real difference. Number three, remember who else is invested in the dream or goal and decide to make it about them, even if it's just for a little while. I believe it's rare that you chase a dream or a goal and it doesn't include or affect anyone else. When you feel like quitting or sabotaging the process, take a beat. Stop and think about everyone else that is invested in it and how they will benefit if you keep going. There are plenty of times I'm willing to do something for somebody else, especially someone really close to me, even if I wouldn't do it for myself. And four, find you some good accountability partners and keep them in the loop. I cannot stress this one enough. I have a set of concentric circles, if you will, starting with a small, tight circle of friends who hear kind of all my stuff, and then a larger community outside of that one who encourage and help me to grow in more general areas, and then there's you, right? If I tell people I'm going to do something, I am way more likely to do it. Y'all, that is goal setting 101. So find you some people who you trust, who get you, and tell them what your plans are or that you're scared of quitting, or that you're scared of succeeding. Yes, go ahead and use the scapegoat if you must, but ask them to help you to get where you want to go. This topic is no joke, no matter how funny or cute that dog catching the car analogy makes it out to be. I've crashed and burned many times on my way here, and I'm sure you've experienced your own catching the car, or worse, backing off the car moments. But here's the good news. Because it's your choice, It's also under your control. Even the times that I felt I had sunk my teeth into that tire and I was thumping around and around on the pavement, eventually the car stopped and I was able to catch my breath and move on. My passion is to equip and empower you. So what car are you chasing? Or are you sitting on the porch? Oh, wait, are you latched onto the back bumper and need someone to help you dig in your heel and catch that thing for good? Well, here I am. I equip and empower female leaders to think critically, create imaginatively, and lead effectively in any situation, team, or organization. And it brings me great joy to watch you realize your own leadership potential as you develop trust in yourself. So how can I help? Set up a 30-minute consultation where we can figure out exactly what you need. Now, before you go, scroll down, hit the five-star button, and comment with your biggest takeaway from this episode. Maybe share the one fear that underlies your own most common self-sabotaging behavior. Then, share this podcast with a friend. Women need to share when we find a good message. And if this one resonated, or if there are other episodes that do or that really hit you, share them. All right then, until next time. Hey, thanks for spending your precious time with us today. If you love this podcast and find it to be uplifting and helpful, follow us or subscribe. Then please take a moment and leave a review and one of those amazing five-star ratings. You can also snap a screenshot right where you listen, share it to social media and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, Schedule a free discovery session and we'll chat. But maybe you're an entrepreneur looking for a support team. I'd like to personally invite you into my collaborative community, Launch from the Beach. It could be just what you're looking for. All of my contact information and all the links are included in the show notes. And don't forget, you can always connect with other intentional optimists in our Facebook community. 
You can follow my Facebook or Instagram page, or even connect with me on LinkedIn. Additionally, I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter, Optimistic Living. It's good stuff delivered straight to your inbox on a not-so-strict schedule, but always from the heart. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level, in any area, using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time.